Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of The List. As always, my name is Brett. On the other end of the tin cannon string is Jordan. Uh, Jordan, I'd ask how you're doing today, but I think you're kind of feeling like I am. Probably still really annoyed about last night, aren't you? Yeah, I'm definitely annoyed, um, and we'll get into that. But any time that I get a chance to sit down, I feel like when we talk, we're like two buddies just cutting up the bar. So I'm excited any time I get to do that. Yeah, me too as well. And it is very therapeutic as was after the Buffalo game. And of course, Zach Jackson is running the board for us, our producer extraordinaire. Well, I'm not happy to say I got the prediction fairly close with the uh, Dolphins losing to the Eagles last night, 31-17. Discord dog Sebastian got his first loss of the season. Uh, much like when he got, we got picked Buffalo, I really want to tweet out the old Courage the Cowardly Dog uh, emote where Eustace is going, stupid dog, you made me look bad. Um, <laughs> just how I'm feeling. And, yeah, I'm just so disappointed, Jordan, because it's not that we lost. I can handle a loss. Um, I actually thought overall the team played better than I expected. These are all circumstances considered. But, man, the refs just left such a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah, I would have been fine losing if it would have felt like a fair game. Um, even And, you know, being in Philly and, you know, um, going there in a night game. I mean, Dolphin fans, we're used to not having the officials on our side. Um, but how bad it was last night. And it's not even – there were calls on the Dolphins that I saw people complaining about. Um, it wasn't necessarily the calls on the Dolphins. Um, that made me upset. Um, I think in, in agreement with um, a lot of people on Twitter between last night and today um, that we've seen, it was more so the no calls on the Eagles. Um, the fact that there wasn't a single penalty called on the Eagles, um, despite there being a number um, of penalties in crucial moments that we felt probably should have. Um, but it, it, it was just the lack of anything um, that was there to help us. But we, we definitely had moments that we gave it away. Um, Waddle ran a bad route that led to the Tua pick. Yes, there was P.I. that should have been called. Um, but there were a couple plays I think that the Dolphins wish they would have had back. Um, but I think overall, uh, I'm hopeful um, with what this game showed and what it means for the Dolphins uh, over the next nine to ten weeks of the season. Yeah, and like you said, not only wasn't there were zero penalties against the Eagles, there were 10 penalties on the Dolphins, and it's like, okay, like you said, we're used to having uneven officiating. But our, fir our first drive, we have a touchdown taken off the board for holding on Lester Cotton, who had to come in because Isaiah went and got hurt. The exact same thing that was called against us happened to David Long on a blitz and wasn't called, and I believe that led to a touchdown that drive. So stuff like that's annoying, and of course – we can always talk about, excuse me, the uh, non-pass interference that was called where the uh, cornerback, I believe it was James Bradbury, uh, correct me if I'm it wrong was. there, Jordan, uh, just grabbed Cedric Wilson right by the face mask. Uh, now, granted, the next play, Karma came in and Jerome Baker got a pick six. But just stuff like that being so blatant and not getting called, just... It makes, well, I guess the good thing is it makes me less negative about our team, but it makes me so angry 
about the game because I hate to say it this way. I do think the Eagles, like I said, all things considered based off of last night, were the better team last night. I just don't like feeling that we had to play the Eagles and the refs. Well, and more so, and yeah, I was angry about it, but you go to sleep and you're like, you know what? The Dolphins didn't look that bad. I'm going to wake up tomorrow. I'm going to feel refreshed. I'm going to be fine. We're on to New England. And then you wake up this morning and you see the report this morning that one of the refs was from just outside of Philly. Yep. <laughs> so I, th- I think uh, we're going to talk about that a little later on in the episode and probably towards the end of the episode. Um, you're going to have something to say about it. But I think that the fact that everybody in the NFL world, even those that love to hate the Dolphins, uh, left last night feeling like the Dolphins were robbed. Um, I don't know if that makes me feel a little better about myself or a little bit worse about myself. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I Like I said, I, like you said, I don't know if it makes me feel better or not. I feel better knowing that I'm not really complaining about the Dolphins. Now, let's let's be honest. We we're all chilling in the discord. We're all talking. We're watching Red Zone together. Uh, Jordan, I believe you were the first one to post the inactive last night. And we saw that Connor Williams and Xavier Howard were both out. Immediately, I think that kind of tempered our expectations. Like you and I talked about last week, we did not want Liam Eikenberg going up against this Eagles uh, interior defense. Now, not saying Ike was good. He was far from good. He wasn't Buffalo bad. Um, But he wasn't what he was last week either. So he was bad. Yeah, he was bad. He was he just wasn't atrocious. Um, well, I take that back. He was poor the last two drives when the snap issues started to rear its ugly head, snapped it into his own ass, snapped it too early. So it wasn't, it wasn't good, but to make things worse, Lester Cotton, who I did hype up in our preseason, had to come in after the first drive because Isaiah Wynn had a quad injury. And Isaiah Wynn got blown up on that play, too. Now, Cotton started off bad. I think some of that was communication. Again, the offensive line, I won't say it was good. It clearly wasn't. I think they kind of got things going as the uh, game went on. But that Eagles defensive line is just too deep to have three backups playing at the same time. Yeah, they're very deep. They're a very good football team. A good football team that got even better today with the acquisition of Kevin Byard from uh, Tennessee. Um, So they're going to be a very tough football team that if we're going to win a Super Bowl, we're either going to have to get through them or we're going to have to get through San Francisco, um, who is every bit as tough as them. Um, Maybe not as physically strong, um, but just as tough to handle um, and just as big up front. But I, I think that if we're gonna have if we're gonna be able to win a Super Bowl, um, this is a team we're gonna have to go through, uh, and I think that going through this game we went through is gonna be a good test. Um, you, there's no way to stop the tush push. Um, I think the way to stop that is going to be to get them in fourth and fours, fourth and fives. Um, you're almost playing a seven yard first down when you're playing the Eagles, um, at least now until that rule. I, I don't think they should necessarily change the rule. Um, and I know that they said last night if they do change the rule, um, it's mostly going to be from a player safety standpoint um, to kind of limit the physicality, which is the direction the NFL is going. Um, but right now, in order to beat them, you have to you have to stop the run. 
Now, they averaged 2.9 yards a carry last night. Um, we did overall a good job stopping the run. But I think that you look at plays, third and seven, they get five. Uh, third and nine, they get eight. Third and five, they get four. Um, they're almost aiming for that one to two yard before fourth down. Um, and we didn't have a way to stop that in this game. Um, I know that I've said and you've said, but I kind of harped on it when I talked about our possible uh, trade deadline acquisitions, that I see a big physical defensive tackle as something this team needs. Now, I don't mean an every down nose tackle or defensive tackle. Uh, I mean a 350, 360-pound mammoth that we could just put in the middle of the defense. 330 should be the low end of what we're looking at. A guy that could just go in the middle and be a plug. We don't have that, and last night was the moment that everybody looked at us and said, wow, we're kind of small. We're kind of small, and I think that uh, as you look for pieces to add to this team, uh, size and physicality uh, are going to be what you look for because we have a lot of finesse guys, but David Long can't be the only physical player that we have, especially when he's allowed to get uh, clotheslined when he's rushing the passer. Yep. Uh, I think it's worth saying, too, like, I do think the front seven overall, or at least I thought Bradley Chubb and Jalen Phillips both had really good games. Yeah. Dave David Long was really good until he got concussed. Um, well, put in concussion protocol. And for update, don't know if anybody else saw this, but J- uh, Javon Holland did self-report symptoms today. Now Holland is also in concussion protocol, which is what we love to hear. Um, and right. I always joke about this. Jerome Baker, he's awful the first month of the season. He actually played really well last night. It's October. With the Halloween season, you get a new Jerome Baker. It's like a werewolf out there. He becomes a different player. And we kind of saw that last night. Uh, again, the issue with X out. Hopefully, we get Nick Needham back this week. Jalen Ramsey's back in practice, which is good. But Vic Fangio and whatever's going on with Cam Smith right now, when you're having. Hater, Eli Apple, and Perry Nickerson as your three corners. There's going to be issues, and we saw that a bit. Like some of them, I'm not going to put on the secondary because sometimes it was just uh, Jalen Hurts just extending the plays, and that's going to happen. But Apple really struggled tackling his guy on the first contact, and Cater did too when he wasn't in the slot. So. It's just one of those things where it was just a bad matchup for the secondary. Yeah, first of all, you mentioned Jerome Baker. I want to give a shout-out to one of the members of our Discord. He goes by T-Buck, and, and T-Buck's really been on the um, Jerome Baker's going to come around a hype train. Um, and I think that even last night, if I remember correctly, he said something about Jerome Baker turning it around almost moments before the pick six. Um, so that was a good call there. Um, yeah, Jerome Baker looked a little bit better, but he still has um, a couple plays where, I mean, and it's mostly in coverage. Um, I know there was one where he really badly missed on DeAndre Swift. Um, that's going to yeah, happen. Swift broke his ankles. I remember that. Yeah. Play. But the real problem is Eli Apple. I mean, you look back and I think it was the very first pass that the Eagles threw. I'm pretty sure it was to Goddard. I'd have to go back and watch. 
Um, when we watch it all 22 later in the week, I'm going to be interested to see it. Um, and you'll you'll be able to see it very clearly. It was a little drag route that was thrown to Goddard, and Eli Apple was behind him. And Apple looked like he was in a legitimate slow jog to make the play. Yep. I mean, yep. I am I am just physically sick of first of all seeing the Eli Apple burnt toast meme uh, be put in the Discord over and over and over, um, which happens when he gives up a big play. But I'm just sick of seeing him out there as an older veteran. Um, when time should be going to Cam Smith, now look, I remember around draft time when we took Cam Smith, everybody said, oh, we got a first-round talent, we got this, we got that, great player. I remember sitting, I'm pretty sure it was a Panthers game that I was sitting at on draft night, and we took Cam Smith, and I said, the biggest thing I didn't understand was taking a player that won't be able to help you in a season where you want to win a Super Bowl. There were offensive linemen there that could be helping us right now. There were linebackers there that could be helping us right now. There were defensive linemen that could be helping us right now. And I think we did a major disservice to this team taking Cam Smith in the first round. Maybe not. Uh, disservice to the franchise moving forward, maybe next year's team, the year after, three years from now, four years from now, those teams will benefit from having Cam Smith on the roster. This team that is on the field this year was done a disservice by us not picking a uh, guard center or not picking a uh, linebacker or a defensive lineman that can help this team. It's just inexcusable that essentially two years in a row you have players on the roster that were your first draft pick that you can't even put on the field in dire situations. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's always good to remind people a draft is not made in one year, but you are right. Like Channing Tindall, I didn't even know who he was when we drafted him. Like I heard the name, I knew he came to visit, and I got the name wrong. Um, like I forget what I called him, but it was not even close. And Cam Smith, I wasn't even considering a cornerback, but I'm just pulling up the draft right now just to give an idea. Right after you have a defensive tackle, Jervin Dexter, I don't think he's doing much. Um, but John Michael Schmidt, center from Minnesota, he could have helped us. Uh, Luke Schoonmaker's a tight end from Michigan. He probably could have helped because uh, he's at least a good blocker. And last night, we kind of saw more of the Durham Smythe from his first couple years rather than the one we've seen this year. Uh, we actually, I felt like we benched Durham Smythe to give Julian Hill more time. Uh, but to go along with that, Bretton Strange, too, at tight end, who's also a blocker. Uh, Zach's boy, Juice Scruggs, another center who is starting this year when healthy. Um, Osiris Torrance, a guard from Florida, starting right now when healthy. Um, those are just the guys off the top of my head as you go deeper and you're getting into the third round. But yeah, there were other there were other opportunities to draft someone that could be immediate help. And the big thing about Cam Smith was that he was undisciplined, and you kind of saw that in the preseason. And I think at this point, his work ethic or his practice habits have gotten onto the coaches because they're not even giving him a sniff. 
and even hearing Mike McDaniel's comments, I forget if it was last night or today, where he's like, oh, he's getting closer. It just sounds like the coaching staff doesn't trust him, which is disheartening. And again, I do think the defense is going to keep getting better, especially especially when Jalen Ramsey gets back, just because Eli Apple, they talk about, he's in, I think someone in Discord said this, he's in there to help with run support. And he does get in good position with run run support, but he doesn't make the tackle. So cutting off that angle doesn't really help you when you're not making the tackle. Um. And yeah, I think they just overestimated their depth at linebacker and at offensive line. And some of it is you just kind of want to give young guys a chance. And maybe Robert Jones with another day of uh, week of practice will get the chance at left guard over Lester Lester Cotton and hopefully Connor Williams is back. But yeah, like you said, you kind of see where the, where we may have overestimated where our team was and what we needed help with. And sometimes the talent is close enough where you do just want to go for that need over a valuable player. Cause even if everything went well, you're looking at what cam Smith is the number four corner at best going into the year. So yeah, that kind of hopefully gets good and hopefully he finishes the season strong, but it does kind of look a little more questionable as we're seeing what we need right now. But he's not really the number four corner because we've had so many injuries, and he's still the number four corner. Well, <laughs> or five. Yeah, corner. yeah. And that's why I said if everything went right, the number seven or number eight or number nine corner right now that you used your second round pick on. Yeah, no, that's why I said if everything went as planned or best case scenario, you're looking he would have been at best. But yeah, so that's where the question comes in. And again, credit to to Baker and David Long. David Long's been playing lights out the last couple of weeks, honestly. But yes, he has. He, you still see he comes out, you bring in Duke Riley, who's a good special teams player, but it's not a good defender. Uh Jerome Baker is better as the number two linebacker. We Channing Tyndall can't get on the field to the point where we're taking Van Ginkle and moving him to inside linebacker rather than playing Tyndall. So that again becomes a case of yes, you want to give young guys a chance, but would a Marte Mapu starts uh, for the Patriots this year? Would he not have been better to come in when Long got hurt than Duke Riley? Or wouldn't it have been nicer to have him? So that's where the frustration comes from. Um, like I said, like I said, I think some at a little bit the team was out physicaled at least early on. I think they kind of came together. But just just one hundred percent. I don't think anything that we're saying should discredit the Eagles and their they they beat the shit out of us physically. Um, but there was just some things I think you and I both wish we could uh, we could have had back and done differently. Yeah, and again, just to say this to everybody, um, and I'm not an Isaiah Wynn fan, but Isaiah Wynn comes back, he is an upgrade over Ike and Cotton, at least right now. Connor Williams comes back. Armstead comes back. Jalen Ramsey's coming back. Nick Needham, we hope, is coming back. This is not a full-strength Dolphins team. A-chan's coming back. Uh, just not even getting into the run game, but Jeff Wilson got a few snaps. He clearly wasn't ready. Um, Ahmed practices well, but he's one of those players you're either going to get a big play from him or he's going to give you nothing. That's been his MO since he was at Washington. He doesn't have great vision. He's great speed, great balance, all that stuff. But he's very inconsistent vision-wise, so he's going to do a lot of stop-start. And you saw that. There were holes 
maybe people won't see it, but you'll probably see it on the All-22, but it's just there were abilities, there were opportunities there that if I think if A-Chan's there, because A-Chan is so um, quick with his decision-making, that he would have gotten yards and we wouldn't have had as bad of a running game. But again, credit to Eagles. Like I said, or like we said to start the uh, podcast, Eagles were the better, better team. And we're not upset and disappointed because of them beating us. It's the refs. Because, again, we held the Eagles to five five yards of play. And the defense looked a lot better. We got two turnovers. We actually won the turnover battle. So, yeah. It's kind of had a lot of loss for words because so many things went better than I expected. But the same thing, at the same time, so many things went wrong. And it just kind of sucks to talk about. Yeah, and I think that as you look ahead, um, I think we just have to, as a community, as a Dolphins community, um, make it through the next two weeks. Um, we know with the Patriots coming into town, that's probably not going to look pretty. Um, we're probably going to win, but it probably will not look pretty. Um, and then we obviously have the game in Germany against the Chiefs. Um, then we go into our bye. And we'll preview that Chiefs game as, as it comes. Um, but right after that bye, uh, we get the Raiders, the Jets, the Commanders, the Titans, the Jets. Um, that should be a five-game span uh, where we get ourselves right. Um, and then we finish the season with Dallas, Baltimore, Buffalo. Um, and I think that the next five after the Chiefs game or after the bye are really going to get us ready for those last three. And those three will really help us get ready come playoff time. You chalk last night up to being what last night was. Um, you got shafted a little bit. You learned some things about yourself. Uh, you gave yourself some good film um, to lean back on as we get to playoff time. Uh, but you have to kind of reset yourself, get through these next two weeks, um, and then use the bye week. As we know, you named six, seven, eight, nine names um, of guys that we need to get healthy. Um, those guys are going to get healthy over the next couple weeks, and I think people are going to be surprised at the Dolphins team that they see late in the year. Um, we're not playing this season uh, to win week eight or to win week seven. Um, we're in this season to win in January, in February, um, and I don't think last night had any bearing on doing so. Yeah. No, you want to be playing your best ball at the end of the year. Um I know last year we chalked a lot of it up to Tua's injury, which is fair, but we were not we played our best ball the first half of last season. And for various reasons things derailed on the second half of the season. So I'm fine with losing this game. People are gonna be talking about us being on fraud alerts. I don't think we're frauds. Much like Buffalo. The circumstances well, if we were healthy, we already were kind of just with how the defense was playing. We were already kind of a poor matchup for Philly. But when you had the injuries in, it was a very bad matchup for us. Three defense, like I said, three backups. Greatest kind of lamb's been playing. Three backups against a defensive line that goes seven deep. It's tough to ask for. Yeah, um, very tough. So I think the only thing that frustrated me is it feels like the team let the lack of calls get to him because it felt yes. like i could just see the i frustration. do agree with that it did, and yeah. 
And I think that's part of the reason things started to come unravel a bit. You saw players begging for fouls. And yes, they should have been. There were some bad ones. But it just came to the point where it definitely felt like they were pressing and the rest were in their head a little bit. <laughs> I didn't like that. I think Mike McDaniel's a good enough coach where we can get around that. But to go back to the positive, we're not going to go to do a deep dive into this right now. But Buffalo's looked really bad the last two weeks, and they actually lost to the Patriots yesterday, which was shocking to me. Uh, um, hey, Zach, can you get the little uh, Simpsons laugh? I forgot the kid's name. Can you add that to our soundboard so we can laugh at the Bills throughout the season? Yeah, shout out to Nelson Muntz. Um, that guy. Yeah. But uh, it basically gave us – it made last night's game, as much as I hate to say it, it made it a freebie. It, Became less of a must win. Obviously, we want to beat teams that are better so we don't have to listen to people call us frauds and take their victory laps, uh, which I work from home. Sports TV was not on today because I was not in a mood to deal with that. Today was a Netflix day at work. Um, but What are you watching on Netflix these days? Uh, so I'm a big anime fan, so I'm watching the uh, One Piece live action on Netflix. I definitely recommend it. Very nice. Probably Very the nice. best. I actually... Um, probably the best. Finish your statement before I talk about the next show. I was going to say, probably the best uh, live-action anime adaptation I've ever seen. Um, I just started, I don't know if you're a Marvel guy, um, season two of Loki. Started I am a Marvel today. guy. Haven't haven't started that yet. I think I'm going to let, let the uh, season go through a little bit and then binge watch them. But I was looking forward to that. I just think, uh, last one I watched uh, for Marvel, Week to week was Moon Knight, which I enjoyed. But yeah, I did enjoy Loki season one, so I'm looking forward to season two. Um, but before we went on that tangent, a little to go back, it allowed the last game to be more of a rest. I think I think if Buffalo had won, you maybe see Connor playing. I don't know about X, but I definitely think Connor plays last night if Buffalo had won, because it becomes more of a must win. And with the Bills winning, we still have first place, or losing, excuse me, we still have first place in the division. So it gave us another week to prepare and get ready for next week. And now I think next week you see X and Connor back. Um, yeah, I just, the fraud talk, I think some analysts brought it up, but, and we'll keep saying, we do have a lot of injuries. Um, and we have, we're still trying to get Chase Claypool back in as well, who had a couple snaps last night. But he was blocking very nice last night, a couple of those was. And I actually do think we are waiting to activate or hoping to activate River River Craycraft again as well. So then you have those two blocking with Barrios Waddle, who was dealing with a back injury last night in Hill, plus HN coming back. I think you're gonna see a much different offense as the season goes on. I like we'll keep, we've kept we've kept saying this all season when people sit out. I think Mike McDaniel learned from last year. With not just with Tua, but with Armstead, it felt like Armstead was in now the lineup. And then Austin Jackson got hurt early. We brought him back and he got hurt again. I think they've learned to let people rest because it is a long season. Like we are, we're two lost team. What are we? Uh, five and two? Six and two? Five and two? Five and two. Five and two. So next week's game will be our eighth game. 
and we'll be halfway through the season. That just tells you how long the season is. We still basically have two months left of the regular season. So I think McDaniel learned games now. So I think it's a little less than half. Yeah. Well, I was thinking eight, 18 weeks, but yeah. But 18 is still not half of eight. Oh, yeah. You're right. Um, it's late, guys. Sorry. Um, but still, between a third and a halfway through the season, we still have a long way to go. We still basically have two months left. It's about being healthy. Just, I hate to say it this way. Just getting to the playoffs. I think that's the goal. We don't want to be going into, with Skylar Thompson starting at quarterback. Get into the playoffs and be in the playoffs with your guys. I think most of what you're talking about with the fraud talk, um, I think it's for people that haven't really, from people who haven't really watched the Dolphins um, and from people uh, like Titans' Taylor Luan, who the Dolphins didn't have any interest in in the offseason. Um, so I think it's it's coming from biased sources. Um, I think we're going to let the the play on the field um, kind of decide who who's going to talk about who. Um, and I think come January, come February, you're going to hopefully. I um, mean, the plan is that that's when you'll see the best version of the Dolphins. But it's it's hard to tune out the noise right now. But you almost have to do it. Yep. Yep. And like I said, we're not really going to go into a deep dive with them. Uh, with the teams this week. Um, real quick before we end, let's do a, you mentioned this yesterday. Let's do a little bit of grading on, we'll do, we'll do kind of like a, like a speed round. Um, speed grading? Not really. Yeah. We're not going to really do wide receivers or running backs because I don't really think they had much to do. Um, but let's start. Aside from the interception, which again, Waddle went wrong route, brought the coverage, and Mostert was interfered with. He was tackled while the ball was in the air, but whatever. Um, I'll give two a B plus just because the interception, but I like I see it. There was I don't think it was his fault. Three backups, no HN. I felt Tua was playing really well. Actually, was the highest rated player per PFF, which kind of surprised me. But dealing with more pressure than he has all season, I thought Tua played one of his not best games, but one of his smartest games for us. So I'm just going to give it a B plus. Maybe actually I'll, I'll bump it up to an A minus because I feel like B plus is a little too harsh. But I was actually really impressed with how he played. I thought it was a really smart game, and I didn't see him forcing as much as he would in the past. Yeah, I think Tua probably sits. If you ask Tua himself, he'd probably give you a harsher grade than either of us are going to give him. Um, I give him a B. Um, I think that that interception was, was a bad throw, uh, but. I mean, bad throws happen throughout a game. Um, I think he had enough absolute dots in the game, a couple out routes. Um, both of his throws to Cedric Wilson, which Cedric made great plays on, um, but both of those were good throws. But I do think that he had um, some opportunities where he missed a couple guys, um, one specifically to Tyreek, not the one where he dropped for the touchdown, um, but the one a little bit after that. Um, so I'll give Tua a B, um, but... There were very minimal things that could have happened um, that could have put him in that B plus A minus range. Um, but I think if we asked Tua, Tua would have given himself like a C. Yep. And the only argument I'll make, as I agree, it wasn't a great throw. But the more you watch it, and you see Waddle didn't run the run route, right route. He brought coverage over. Waddle goes out further. Slay's not there. So 
well, it wasn't the greatest throw by Tua. It also was the right routes run. Coverage is dictated a little differently, but I think it's just you could go either way. But yeah, I wasn't upset with Tua. Uh, before we go to the offensive line, which I think we're both going to be harsh on, I'll just say tight end first just because of blocking. I'm going to give him a D. Like I said, I thought Durham Smythe, uh, he's such a big part of our running game this year. And especially when he was asked to block Hassan Reddick, he couldn't do it. And I think that had more to do, not everything, but more to do with some of the running issues in the offensive line because we run off tackle with him as the lead blocker. So that was disappointing. Uh, Julian, he got benched, I think. Julian Hill, unfortunate holding call that I think was ticky tacky. But so yeah, I'll give I'll give Durham's the tight ends a, a C just because they're such a big part of our running game, and I or and I felt they did not do a good job blocking. Um, I'm gonna give the tight ends. I'm gonna loop them in with the offensive linemen in their grade. I'm gonna give them a very low grade, but I think their grade should, in a general sense, be almost an incomplete. Um, because we don't throw to our tight ends. Um, so the only thing we're asking them to do is block. I thought this was Julian Hill's worst game as a Dolphin. Um, I think even aside from I, – I thought the play where we scored the touchdown, the touchdown got called back, I thought that was his best play of the game. Yeah. Um, but I think that he struggled um, in the majority of the snaps that he was in. But, again, I'll have to watch the All-22. Um, Smythe was terrible. Um, and I could definitely, after today's game – um, or after yesterday's game, I guess, or this week's game. Um, and as we move over the next couple of weeks, I wouldn't be surprised if you see us start looking um, and calling around at possible cheap tight end options uh, because we definitely need an upgrade there. It's, it is a black hole in our offense. Um, and in a game like yesterday against a team with physicality on the inside and speed on the outside, um, having your tight end get abused like that um, is just unacceptable. So I'm going to give them a D minus. And the only reason it's not an F is because of Julian Hill's one play um, that ironically got called for a holding. So it should be a negative, um, but I didn't think it was a holding. So I'll give them a D minus D is in dog dog is in Sebastian. That finally got a pick wrong. Yeah. Yeah. I guess Miami dolphins, 72 dolphins are sh- uh, popping that champagne. Cause now even Sebastian isn't, undefeated anymore well I, I think it goes without saying i think we gave the uh offensive line the same grade uh, i don't think you can go the only way reason i think you could go above an f is because i don't think robert hunt or austin jackson were that bad but austin jackson was bad okay fair enough robert hunt wasn't that bad but it was it was ugly. I don't think uh, Kendall Lamb struggled a bit. I think he was acceptable for most of the game. Lester Cotton had a rough first half. I think he kind of again he was bad. Not saying he was acceptable, but I think he kind of went from disaster class, as they'd call it in soccer, to just bad. Liam Liam was bad. I, I think the issue. The snapping became awful in the second half. The big issue is when he's out in space, he just seems to miss blocks and run by people. Yeah, but I, you got to give it an F because you knew they were going to be overmatched. But when we need to step up, whether it was a penalty, whether it was a bad snap, 
whether it was a pressure. The offensive line just didn't come through. So, yeah, I'm giving the offensive line an F for yesterday. Yeah, the offensive line gets an F. Um, Eichenberg, I think that that like, – we, we've said this before, and I'm sure we'll say it again. Um, you can't now say uh, he was good against the Panthers. He was, he was good against the Giants. Or, I'm sorry, that he was good against the Giants. He was good for a couple plays against the Panthers. Um, and say that that's what you need to see. He was horrible against the Bills. He was horrible against the Eagles. Um, he's been bad in 100% of the games he's played against good teams. Um, and I think it's time for Eichenberg to um, move on to greater pastures. I don't care what anybody in our community says. Um, I think that uh, Cotton was thrown into an impossible situation. But that's on our staff um, for not building the depth on the offensive line that they need to. Um, that's on Greer. That's on McDaniel. Um, that's on the people that make the decisions because um, we have known for decades that we've needed to fix the offensive line. Um, so it's not a surprise. Um, and you know throughout the season guys are going to have injuries. That's not a surprise. So when guys start getting injuries, I bet you if one of those Eagles offensive linemen would have went down, they have some backups there that can come in and, and at least be serviceable. Um, for some reason, we never do that. We always have guys um, that are backup offensive linemen that are not serviceable. Um, and that's why the offensive line is getting an F for their performance Sunday night. Yep. And again, hate to say it this way, but our offense relies on the center to call out protections, call out all that stuff. And even when Ike is playing serviceable, he's not seeing that stuff. So it's always going to be a negative. Um, reason I didn't say great wide receivers is I, I don't know, aside from Tyreek's drop and maybe a couple bad rounds, there's really nothing to say. Uh, same with the running backs. It was just a tough game. I just think, hey, you did what you did. Um, defensive line, I'm going to kind of break it up into two. I will give Ch the edges, so Chubb, Van Ginkle, and Phillips, A's. I thought they did everything you could ask of them. I thought they got a lot of pressures. Jalen Phillips got a sack on Lane Johnson. It's his first sack in three years. So they did everything you could ask. I'm going to give the interior, so Wilkins, Sealer, and Raekwon. I'm going to give them a C. I thought they were okay. I think they got blown up a little bit too much. I think a lot of the good in the defense came from the second level and the edges. Wilkins did get a bogus personal foul called against him. Whatever, I think that's kind of his reputation coming back to get him a little bit. But he had multiple plays where he lined up offsides, and that's been an issue for him this year and last year too. You can't be doing that, especially when you want a big extension, and I love Wilkins, but you can't be making those mental mistakes. So, yeah, I'm giving the edges an A, and I'm giving the interior C. Um, I'm going to give the... Uh, outside, so like you said, Chubb, Phillips, Van Ginkle. Um, I'm going to give them a B plus. Um, I think that they were that they're not really a help that much in the run game. Um, at least not as much always as you'd like them to. To give them an A on the interior, I'm going to give a D. Um, I think that part of it, the Wilkins offsides are just inexcusable. Um, I think the lack of physicality, the inability to stop the tush push, um, and the fact that they need a big clogger. Um, in the middle, um, 
the middle of our defense feels like it just gets gashed. Um, that's not something obviously that you want to see. Um, so I will give our the outside guys a B plus. I will give the inside guys a D. Okay, and the secondary. I go back and forth. I want to give it a lower grade than this because it felt like we kept giving up big plays. But um, aside from Eli Apple, I think a lot of the plays were just, like I said earlier, Jalen Hurts ex extending the play. So I'm going to give the secondary a C-, uh, mainly because tackling is still an issue, even from someone who's having a fairly good year in Javon Holland when he was out there. Just they keep going for the strip, which is fine. You're not getting the strips. You're not getting the turnovers right now. So, and I know I skipped linebacker. We'll go back to that. Um, but you're not getting the strips. You're giving up more yards because you're not tackling. And like I said, Eli Apple is just a net negative at this point. And Perry Nickerson, why is he even on the field at this point? So, C minus. I just. It's just not good enough right now. So I'm going to do similar to what you did on the defensive line. I'm going to break up the secondary. Um, I'm going to give the corners a D, and I'm going to give the safeties a B. Um, I'm going to Javon Holland. I thought played well. Um, Deshaun Elliott. I think is turning into one of our best defensive players very quickly. Um, I think that everybody outside of Cater Kohu um, that played corner was. Pretty flat out bad. Um, Kohu was the only reason it is not a F. Uh, I think Eli Apple should be uh, off of an NFL team, or at least off of our NFL team, um, and that we desperately need these guys to get healthy. And as we've talked about at nauseam on the show, uh, I think we need Cam Smith to be ready to play. Um, so again, safeties B, corners D. And like I said, the only reason I put them together is I just felt the tackling from the secondary was poor. But yeah, Elliott and Holland are in they're in a position. It's just they gotta I was told by too many people that Holland had too many responsibilities last year with an inexperienced secondary. Well, you have aside from Kohu, you have guys who are quote unquote experienced in the secondary right now, especially with X out. And I feel like the safeties are having to clean up more messes than they had to last year. Um for anybody listening, there's a YouTuber named Ryder McConnell. He does really good breakdowns of the Dolphins. He did have a video come out last week showing why Eli Apple is failing in this defense and why Cam Smith should play. So for anybody listening who hasn't seen that, definitely recommend that video because it does do a good job of showing the issues and how bad the positioning for Eli Apple is. Um, the issues so, are he's terrible. Yeah. That is the... That is the quick and short version of it, so it's not untrue. Um, linebackers, I'll give a B. I thought they played well. Just a couple, couple mistakes in zone, which is happening. They kind of wore, especially after David Long got hurt, kind of wore down a bit against a defense or an offensive line that's just trying to uh, grind out the game. They're doing the old Michigan Wolverine thing of becoming a boa constrictor, and they're just trying to shorten the game and just pushing – the defensive line back. So I don't want to give the linebackers too much flack. Like it says, there's still a little too many issues in um, the zone coverage for my liking, which kind of still tells me we need another linebacker, um, especially because they even made it sound like on the 
on the broadcast that Fangio doesn't like how much David Long freelances and Jerome Baker kind of likes to freelance too. So I still think we need an update, uh, an upgrade there. But uh, I thought they played well. I thought this was one of the games where you can say, yeah, they were kind of hurt. They were definitely hurt by the defensive line and how small the defensive line is right now. Yeah, I'm going to give the linebackers a B minus. Um, I think that uh, David Long had an outstanding game. I think Jerome Baker um, had a very average to slightly below average game. Um, I think that the pick six kind of makes everybody feel good about him, but I think it also um, literally fell into his hands. Um, I think we need improved linebacker play if we're going to be a Super Bowl winning team. Um, I think David Long is that guy. I don't necessarily think that Jerome Baker is really that guy right now. Um, so with that being said, I'll give them a B minus. Yeah. Yep. So for everybody listening, as you heard, there are some definite things to be disappointed about, but there was a lot of encouraging. And despite the Patriots beating the Bills, I do think, especially in Miami, next week game is going to be a get-right game. You're going to see us continue to improve, and the good vibes are going to be rolling again. But to go back to negativity, it is time to put people on the list. And Jordan, I'm going to actually go first. I'm going to let you finish this off. But I am putting Dwayne Height. I don't know if that's how you pronounce the last name. It's H-E-Y-D-T on the list. Now, Dwayne Height was the main ref from last night's game. And as Jordan mentioned, he is from Lehighton, which is in the, uh, which is a Philadelphia suburb, and it's 65 miles north of the stadium. Now, that could be a coincidence, but it is a little weird that you have someone from Philly refing a Philadelphia game. But I could overlook that. What I can't overlook is last year, Dwayne Height and his crew was suspended from the ACC championship game because NCAA or ACC, one of those two bodies, determined that they did unethical refereeing. So this is a ref with a crew that has a history of being god-awful at their job and have been suspended by a level that is below the NFL. And as we saw yesterday, the refereeing was awful. And as we talked about, I can deal with the Eagles beating us. I'm not even blaming the refs totally for the game for us losing. But misholding call on David Long, missed pass interference against Cedric Wilson, missed pass interference against Raheem Mostert, constant false starts not called by the Eagles, constant holding by the Eagles. I saw on Jalen Phillips' sack, he was held by two people and nothing was called. I saw Van Ginkle put in a headlock and brought to the ground and nothing was called. So Dwayne Height and NFL officiating as a whole for putting us with a hometown ref, as well as someone who's been suspended for just being shitty at his job, that dude just made the list. And look, let me, I'm not, he's not my list member, um, so I'm not going to harp too much into this guy. Um, but if the NCAA is telling you that you're shady, um, there's something wrong with you. And, and the fact that that guy was then promoted um, and given a big game like this, like that's 
that's beyond inexcusable. Um, however, for my list entry, um, and while there were a couple people uh, within the Dolphins community that I really, really wanted to put on the list, and I really, really wanted to shout out, um, there was one that came up uh, between the last night and this morning that I um, had to discuss, um, and that is Barstool Sports' own Frank Fleming. Um, Frank the Tank, um, a guy that stole his nickname for the much better Frank Kaminsky. Um, Frank uh, is a Mets fan. He is a, uh, I forgot the, he's either a Rangers or a Devils fan. I never remember. Um, I think he's a Devils fan because he's from New Jersey. Um, But somehow this dude from New Jersey um, ended up a Miami Dolphins fan. Um, And he goes on and he claims he's a huge, huge Dolphin fan. I mean, for those that don't know Frank, um, I'm surprised. I don't know why you'd be a sports fan um, and not know who Frank is at this point. uh, Because Frank likes to cry when his team loses. I mean, he likes to go on and on and slam tables and scream and carry on about how his team uh, did the wrong thing. Um, it's funny when he does it about the Mets. Um, I am partly a Red Sox fan and partly I'm a Marlins fan. Um, that's a long story for another day, but, um, so Frank's actions, um, when it's about the Mets are fine. They're humorous. They show up on my TikTok feed. Um, they annoy the shit out of my girlfriend. But when he starts going on about the Dolphins, um, and specifically after last night's game, said this season is over. Um, he said this season is over. He said this is it for the Dolphins. He said there's no going back after what happened tonight. Um, Frank went on and on and on, um, screaming in a rant um, that, quote-unquote, this Miami Dolphins season is over, slamming around like a child. Frank, I hope, well, I always hope that the Dolphins win the Super Bowl. But please do not come out and say one thing positive about the Miami Dolphins down the stretch of this season. Don't you dare, if the Miami Dolphins win the Super Bowl, say, oh, I believed in this team from day one. All the people that reshared Frank the Tank's postings about his reactions after this game, good for you. Good for you for calling this faker out. He needs... I already told somebody they should go back to being a Bills fan. Frank the Tank, I'm going to tell you something worse than that. You should go be a Giants fan. You should go. You already like the Mets. You already like the Devils. Go back and just root for the New York football Giants. You're from New Jersey, so you could probably also get away uh, rooting for the Buffalo Bills up there if you want to root for a team that always cries every time they lose. Frank, I am sick of your antics. I'm sick of your shit. And I'm sick of seeing you wearing Dolphins jerseys and Dolphins shirts and Dolphins hat. Frank, you do a great job at Barstool. You bring a lot of attention. However, as a Dolphin fan, talking about this team, this season, your time is up. Frank Fleming, you are on the list. Don't come back around here no more. Absolutely. And like we said a couple weeks ago, we don't need no chicken littles in this fan base. If you're going to pump your chest out when we win... You better keep that same energy and that attitude when we're losing. None of this sky is falling bullshit. We have enough of that in our Discord. We have enough of that on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it now. We don't need it from the media or supposed fans in the media. So it's just time to move on. Well, 
damn, Jordan, we're about to end, and I'm still fired up just because last night had me so annoyed. And people in general talking about the Dolphins right now have me annoyed. Um, but real quick, I will always let you finish this off, but I did really want to quick uh, point out for anybody and remind everybody, we do have a website now, listpodcast.com, where you can listen to the podcast. We also have articles up. You can see where Sebastian finally lost. Like we said, he picked us to beat the Eagles and we lost and he was undefeated. You can also see our quote unquote betting expert, Mr. S, who pulled a Cleveland Browns, pulled a Tampa uh, Tampa Bay Yuccaneers from the 70s, and pulled a Detroit Lions, and he went winless in his picks. 0 and 6. That's impressive. That is something neither Jordan and I have done in our pick shows yet. So if you want a good laugh and you want to know what not to do if you want to win money, definitely check our website out. Yeah, Mr. S was so excited to make his picks. And to be clear, anybody that knows me, my last name starts with an S. I am not Mr. S, and I am not co-signing on these picks. This man was so excited. Um, he's also the fa- the infamous uh, man that was snoring in the background of our show a couple weeks ago. Um but he says we have a new website up, listpodcast.com. Check it out. There's some great stuff, as Brett said. Uh, Mr. S said, oh, I'm so excited. I'm going to make these picks. I was out one night. He's sending me his picks. He's saying, look how good this looks. Look how amazing this looks. I'm so excited for the picks. This man went 0-6 his first time doing it. 0-6. Um, we're going to have a lot more fun with that, I know, in our pick show later in the week. Um, but I definitely want to close out. Um, today's episode again um, our website's obviously up um, Twitter's still going um, by thanking the people in the back um, and by thanking the people in the Dolphins community who um, have supported our podcast given us positive constructive feedback um, that it's going into the changes that we're making and the changes we talk about every day um, I think that in any um, kind of avenue you go into life, you definitely notice the people that are there for you, that give you positive feedback, that look out to help you. Um, and you also um, take note of the people who don't feel that way and don't want to help you. Um, this show for me uh, and doing this has been a lot of positivity. Um, so I'm going to, moving forward, focus on the people who bring a positive light um, and positive energy to the show. Um, it's always fun talking about the Dolphins, and I look forward to getting back in the wing column this weekend. Yep, same here. It's positivity, and when it's negative, it's therapeutic. And we're here to help you all just as we're here to help each other. But for Jordan and Zach, as always, my name is Brett. This is The List, and we are watching. Zach, hit that music.